0: And thanks to our Malt Mates at Cry Malt, this is Beer as a Conversation, I'm Matt Kirkegaard. This week is the first stop on our sweep through the Sunshine Coast with Sunshine Coast Craft Brewery Tours and it takes us to the Yamundi Brewery to talk with Head Brewer, Chris Sheehan. We've talked a little bit about Yamundi recently and what local means when you're part of a much larger business and can scale your production to breweries right across the country and also why multinational breweries are starting to think small. We chat to Chris about that, but we also learn about the background of the resurrected Umundi Brewery, what it means for the local community, and what Chris and his assistant brewer, Alan Tilden, are creating in the Sunshine Coast hinterland with local ingredients. It's a fun chat with a great brewer, and we hope you enjoy the conversation as much as we enjoyed being at the brewery.
1: Here we are at Yamundi Brewery in beautiful Yamundi on a beautiful Sunshine Coast day and it's a pleasure to welcome, I'll call him a good friend of the program because I feel like he really is, uh, Chris Sheehan. Thanks for joining us on Beer as a Conversation. Thank
2: you very much. Good to be uh, talking to you guys. Good to be talking with you.
1: Now mate, I hope we haven't uh, sort of exerted our not uh, undue influence because originally when we planned this, you weren't going to be in town and, and yet you are. I'd like to think that we did have something to do with that.
2: Oh, cancel all plans, absolutely. When a date like this comes along, <laughs> yeah,
1: clear the calendar out, yeah. Mate, talk us through this, because um, we're, we're a little bit of history here. Um, the very first family holiday uh, when I, when Carol and I had our first was was up this way. And I remember this as being kind of a, not particularly welcoming, um, kind of, but a local, clearly a, a, a local institution. Um, you've done magnificently with us, talk, talk us through where we are.
2: Um, so our little brewery, obviously based in Yamundi, uh, a two pub town, Conum often um, gives people a Is sky, it top sky. pub
0: and bottom pub? No, is, I don't think that that there is. No, I
2: don't think there is. Um, both good pubs and both very different as well. So this one here that we're based in is um, a hundred plus year old pub, it's been down before. Um, huge Queenslander type thing if those guys are picturing it at home. Um, very old, established in town. Um, Obviously, its claim to recent fame is that they put a brewery here, in here back in 1988, uh, which uh, interestingly was the same time that Chuck Hahn built his and then Matilda Bay kicked off in WA. And so it's this beautiful old pub with this uh, a brewery that went in there way ahead of its time. So uh, in my view, um, to put in a, a big, decent sized brewery, so uh, Mundi is known for its craft markets. So it's um, you know crafted goods. It's not the sort of markets where you go buy uh, knockoff t-shirts from China. So um, I think it's the biggest craft markets in the Southern
1: Hemisphere. So Lots of tourists come through, um, and it actually has like a like a charter of uh, like you, you it has to be at least a, like a percentage handmade in, and or yeah. in the area or produce of the area. The
2: majority of the markets need to be made by the seller. So um, there are other sections of it that aren't like that, but the majority, most part of it is handcrafted goods of all sorts. So, um, so it's nice a nice fit. fit. It is. It's a nice fit. Um, and so back in late two thousand and seventeen, um, Chuck was actually Chucky did it, approach the owners of the hotel and so the brand is actually a joint venture so it's a little bit little bit different than some of the other stuff Lion does uh, but it's a joint venture to, to put um, a brewery back in here and we're at 12 Heck um, so it's a reasonable size system and we can, you know, full swing we can get out about 100 kegs a week so it's a it's a brewery within a pub um, so it's not so much a, a brewery Brew standalone pub, yeah. so when you come in you see a tank tap bank with all sorts of stuff on it some Lion stuff, some local indie stuff um, and of course our beers that we make
0: Now, uh, talking about 100, it's a brewery and a pub, um, and as an avid listener of Brewers News, you've heard me talk about you and take your name in vain, which is another reason you're a good (laughs) friend of the the show. You know, you've heard me sort of talk about line strategy is to be local and be relevant, but then scale. Yep. Um, Is is that a fairly fair assessment of what lines... um Absolutely, yeah, and um, I I
2: don't think, we don't deny that at all. Um, We try and be as transparent as we can with the way we do things. but, you know, this isn't a 600-litre uh, a brew kit or, you know, a six-heck little tiny thing. I mean, we're, we're quite small because of the space we're in, but um, we've got nine FEs in there that we squeeze pretty hard and we're knocking out, in you know, 100 kegs a week. Um, um, it is like that. Uh, but, yes, the view is is, is hopefully, for me um, and for the business, is that this brand goes really, really well. And with economy at scale, um, we need to make it somewhere else. And we can't take over the whole pub, so... Yeah, and we're quite landlocked here as well. So that's what we kind of... Kind of the view is, is hopefully that's successful and people want to drink it. And
0: and we'll... How do you, when you know, you've built a brand that's clearly your Mundi, you've built a beer that is identifying with the local community, suddenly it starts coming out of Sydney. Um, it doesn't change the liquid in any way, which is the amazing thing about beer is that you can make the same beer just about anywhere. Yeah. But it does change that little bit of brand a, a, a little bit. How do you keep your Mundi relevant when the beer isn't entirely made? Um, from the touch, um, touch I
2: suppose to literally answer the question, it, it's run through a, a you know the um, wherever it's made at the moment it's coming out of Sydney Multra, which conveniently is the, the brewery that both Alan and I, Alan who brews with me, we worked at. So we went down and did the first brews. Um, the, the beer itself is the property of us, so any uh, recipe changes and that sort of stuff have to be ratified by us. So it's our beer. So um, we say that everything's born and bred here, um, and that's the intent. And then we scale them out to where they can be made. Um, and depending on how popular it is, it depends where it goes because sometimes these brands get so big they have to go to really big breweries. Um, we have complete governance over what other breweries um, do and can't do. So, you know, we can tell them that you have to use this strain and you can't pasteurize it and you've got to do this depending on what it is. Um, and we sign it off and so there are processes that when, when each batch is made needs to be signed off against a standard and a control. So it's absolutely owned by us, it's just made by somebody else. Unfortunately, it's a brewery that
0: I've worked at and I know all the guys that work there. So. Yep. Yeah, But it. I guess, and one of the things we talked to Joshy on the on the way out here, um, which is why I thought your ears might be burning, was looking at the number of craft breweries and one of the things that's getting venues to take um, craft beer on rather than some of the mainstream beers is consumer demand for saying, well, we've got all these breweries down here, why don't you put on something local? Yep. Um, and then whilst the, the the brand is still local, yep. the, 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 the beer isn't. Um, you know, is... is how, how, how does the consumer look at that, um, you know, if they want something local, um, the idea is local but yep. maybe the beer isn't, um, you know, they, they could just have, you know, Sydney made Kieran, for example. Yep.
2: Um, I don't know, you'd have to ask the consumer. Um, yeah, look, I'd be sort of guessing at that and it's a real thing and I understand, you know, somebody who works for Line and as you, you alluded before, I think I've got a pretty thick skin. Sometimes I don't, it, it does, you know, you I know, sometimes I have to inch. No, 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 not you, not you, um, I get it all the time, yeah. um, weekly, daily, um, and sometimes I have to preface myself and say, hi, my name's Chris, I work for Lion, it's like, a, you know, I have some kind of condition, <laughs> I work for um, Mitsubishi um, but it is true, exactly, that's right, yes, I don't get free, I don't get free diggers or, um, or um, cars. I think the the consumers ultimately inform that. Um, we don't try and be anything else, we're very clear, and you know, when, when we put a beer into a big brewery we actually do a press release just to be quite transparent about it. Um, as clear as we can, but it is a reality of it, and I own that and accept that as a brewer. That well, I learned about the story when
0: someone sent me a Facebook clip of you on the nightly news. Talking yeah, it about actually
2: went to the news. Yeah, the TV crews are in here, um and it was—it was like, well, this is you know, sort of thing, and um yeah, it's, it's just the reality of it. We'll, we try to be as transparent as we can, and um, I respect any single person's um, decision to not support us for their reasons, and if that's their reasons or the fact that. We're not completely independently owned. The brand is a joint venture between the, the, the pub guys, as I said. So that's the
1: reality of it, Chris. I'm guessing one of the things that the um, those critical punters um, don't see is that, um, and we discussed it a little bit on the way up, that collaborative, collegiate sort of attitude that um, that I guess Line is in it, it has certainly shown um, is much more in their DNA than than perhaps. Yeah offshoots of the other big house. Yep. Um, How does that manifest itself here? Like in terms of um, a local, you know, ABC Brewery opens up and sort of says, oh mate, you know, I'm having a bit of trouble, you know, open door policy. There's, you know, like obviously, you know, if if they win, everyone wins.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I get encouraged to do that through my employers. So my leaders expect us to support the thing and Alan and I because we're mad brewers and we're really, really proud of what everybody does in the industry for the most part so we like to be involved in the local group of brewers and with 15 breweries up here and however many is i can't even count i tend to open every hour um <laughs> we like to get in and help um and, and that's just as a lot of people think that's just alan and i but it's not we're encouraged
0: to do that but, um, i mean that's always been chucks oh absolutely Shuggles. absolutely
2: yeah well it the same as at malt shovel and other breweries and we like to share and sometimes you know now it's changing a bit people don't expect us to and i mean we've been milling grain for another brewery and we've got some nice little lab toys that are worth more than three of my cars that we just loaned to somebody, just bring it back, don't break it, otherwise I'm taking (laughs) your car, but happy to support guys like that. And to be honest, the other guys, I mean, I can share those things that I've learned, and I've managed a lot of big brews, so I've got some good learnings there, but a lot of local brewers sort of provide us with insight too. So it's two ways. So they're saying, you know, we're saying, well, how did you get around doing this? And they share it. And I think holistically, in my view, um, and Lions, um, to a lesser extent to my understanding, is they just want to grow beer as a category. We're very segregated. There's some really nice complex layers in the industry, but I think at some point the whole of beer needs to come together and say hang on it's beer because our competitors, a lot of it, you know, we're amongst each other but there are big, big plays outside that's damaging or taking volume from beer holistically. So I think we've got to get in and help each other and just celebrate what we do because, you know, we are so blessed to be brewers of being this injury. It's so exciting. There's... So much going on, and as, as a person in life with a family, I think it's great, you know. So, and at end, end of fun. the day,
1: too, from I guess from a tourism point of view, you're very much still a part of that, and so there's no point in you guys being, you know, a, a separate tourist destination. Because, well, you know, it's, it's not independent, you know, yeah. it's, it's not. You know, at the end of the day, the um, the visitor, yeah, probably really realistically doesn't know, and if if they did, probably wouldn't care.
2: No, that's right, and again, the consumer will make the choice. But you know, I think with fifteen breweries or whatever it up here, and Josh will clarify that, I'm sure. Um, they're all actually differentiated to a different degree, and we celebrate that as a fact as a group of brewers. And I'm um, I socialize with all the other brewers in our own time, um, and we, we point you know visitors at each other. And is the kind of glue in the Sunshine Coast Brew Tours. so this glue, the glue in between the industry at the moment, it brings us all together, and you know, pointing. Consumers. I call
0: it the linchpin, but glue glue works just Yeah, as well. he's, he's the glue. Yeah, um, he's so, a linchpin
1: that's glued in.
2: Yeah, so being able to you know point people and you know for I mean I suppose our position is you know we are um, probably there's a little bit of a history and legacy here as opposed to some of the new guys, so we can go and look at you know how this old brewery and where our brewery is is exactly where the old one sat, um, and so there's that linkage there. So,
1: yeah. Do you know where the old brewery went?
2: That, um, from no what story? I understand, well, there's a couple of interesting tidbits, and I tell people this quite widely. I think the kit mostly went somewhere in Darwin, um, but um, in its dying days. So the brewery lasted from 1988 to 1992, and then it went to Yatla, which in those days were Powers who bought Mundi, mm. and they were making it there. And I've got some good mates that work down there and trying to find out what exactly, whether it was cup Draft or maybe the recipe was. But I know when it went to um, Forex uh, or Castlemaine, then bought it, and they were putting two is new into that. The money lager was too is new, and um, I cop a lot of flak from these old guys weekly, saying it's not as good as the original. And it's sort of well, surprise, surprise, the original's still on tap out there if you want to try. <laughs> no, it's, not. it's the blue one with the white moose on it. You, you can make your own mind or taste our version, which is a, you know uh, a modern interpretation of what we can do with, the, with with our beer.
0: But but that's I mean that, that raises a great point that you know it, 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 we strip the labelling off most of the mainstream lagers and the average consumer might taste a slight difference between the beer, but they won't pick their favorite beer out of the, 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 the lineup, and that's where marketing right. does come in. And uh, I, I sort of love hearing from you know, my dad's generation, I gave my dad a um, Rogers beer, um, and you know it's a mid-strength, and he says, oh, that's how beer used to taste. I said, no, beer has never tasted. In yeah. your lifetime, yeah. beer has never tasted like that. Yep. But we create these uh, memories Absolutely. for ourselves.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that's an important part of it. And the way beer is marketed is just huge nowadays. I mean, look at the most popular beers in there. I remember having a conversation with my beer drinking mates years ago um, and telling them that, you know, my view was is that Australia would go like, like the US and we would drink similar beers to what, you know, when I was growing up 25 years ago, you know, it was really easy drinking lagers. And people would say, no, we're not, we still love our Aussie beers and they're bitter and they're full strength and then the Americans can't handle them. But if you look at what leads our market now, it's very, very, very Simple styles, but
1: the pendulum's um, certainly swinging back.
2: It has absolutely, and uh, you know, it, it is marketing-led, and that's just the reality of where the bulk of consumers are. And we got to remember, and I'm ninety-three percent of the market—that's most of them—that's what they're drinking, um, and and to I don't know whether you like it or not, that's what they
0: want. But it, well, that, and that's a, a great point. One of the uh, conversations I often have is people want us to say that beer became—you know—they they love to use words like bland and you know fizzy yellow liquid, as if. Big businesses said, this is what we want to force upon the population. The reason big commercial brewers got to be big commercial brewers is because they made the beers that people wanted better than anybody else was. And uh, it reflects the market. And There is a tipping point where it goes, but beer occupies that place where it is a thing that people want the refreshment, they want lighter flavours. We are discovering that there are a whole lot lot of other flavours that beer can have as well, which is awesome, and it expands. But at its end um people love to sit on a beach drinking something that doesn't challenge them too much
2: yeah absolutely and that's it's an undisputable fact at the moment so you know it's it's just what it is and um even you look at some of the category data you know um obviously some of the mainstream bands are in decline but one of the biggest growth segments and i think it might even be pushing um the craft segment a little bit is what they call um premium adult beverages which is you know you, you clear bottle variants are a lot more premium than the mainstream ones so that's that's huge growth now nobody's really hitting that and so i hear about it and i have a personal view on whether that's necessarily a good or a bad thing for beer Uh, but my personal view is not really relevant because it's what the consumer wants so
0: just tell us, we're sitting here drinking a, a beer. Tell us what just we're, like, we're Just doing like a consumer. consumer. Yeah. Yeah, it. It. Yeah. This, is, sen- this yeah. is sensational. This is not what I expected. No, because yeah. we were sort said, oh, we'll have the. G- I was expecting I start a with a lager, and then, yeah. and then a pale ale. I'm not a, not a good, ginger. There's uh-huh. a little bit of ginger.
1: It's a, it's, it's, it's a beer with a little bit. So this of is ginger. A, a ginger infused beer rather than a, a ginger beer.
2: Correct. That's what we tell people. So this is kind of it's good for you guys to taste this because this is where what we Alan and I are going to have a play with as we go forward. So obviously our lager and pale ale are out there and they're our interpretations of. Those sorts of beers, but we really want to, and obviously recently uh was making a lot of our lager for us, uh, particularly our packaged stuff that goes nationwide, but we really want to open this brewery up and experiment with a lot more sort of local ingredients and stuff. And so this beer is a ginger pale ale. It's a beer with ginger in it, to your point, Prof, it's not a ginger beer. It's not thick, cloying and sweet, it's it's, it's a beer with ginger added to it. So. Nice and easy drinking, and we use fresh ginger, which has been really hard for us to do because ginger, when you brew with it quite often, gets okay, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, oh, I do, I do. I do. absolutely. <laughs> my knuckles, my knuckles get, uh, my knuckles, yeah. It, um, I come home with just absolutely just bloody knuckles from it. Um, not that that gets in the beer, I right, assure you. Um, so, getting fresh ginger in there, because ginger, when you brew with it often, it gets quite stewed, and most of the guys, um, or a lot of people out there, use ginger extracts and stuff, which are purified. So, that's got fresh ginger in it, and it's um, to get that fresh ginger, note, not that cooked, stewy one. Um, it's been quite difficult, so it's, it's uh, a yeah.
1: so clean, but it's also it, and uh, uh, but you uh, get the ginger. A, yeah, I'm not a huge yeah, ginger yeah. fan, and I'm not a big ginger beer fan, but I like beer with ginger in it when it's made like that.
2: Yeah, and try, in that in that beer garden just over there in the sun on a hot day, it's it's very cleansing and refreshing. So that's the sort of stuff we want to do with this brewery. Start putting some. Uh, Turmerics and honeys, and you know, just whatever else, and it's not necessary to everybody's liking, but we want to do it in a very approachable and balanced, controlled way, which is but you're in your money. fun, um, exactly. But also, a 12 heck,
1: you can kind of okay, that didn't work, let's go, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly no, right. no, far, yeah. It's not like yeah. we've got to send the rest of it national, you
2: know, yeah. And it was important, yeah, and it was important for us to, you know, have a beer with ginger and as opposed to a ginger beer, which often those ginger beers aren't brewed, they aren't beer and they have no ginger in them, it's all, you know, synthesised,
0: so. It, but, but even lo- looking at it as an adjunct ingredient, if you look at the area around your Mundi, ginger is made just up the road.
2: That's grown a kilometre away, yeah, and we oh. go and collect it straight off the farmers, so um, we probably
1: shouldn't. So there's something, stuff, that I like just could... assumed butter which I thought was kind of a bit Bits out, but this
2: but is across. This is literally a kilometer away, and we go to the farm yeah. and pick it up, and then you know, to pay for that ginger, maybe some
1: beer goes back. To <laughs> yeah. I can't. I don't know. I, uh, think no, that's no, say a, I can't I mean, say that. Not yeah. the f- you're not yeah. the first one to do that, though. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good for uh, running out. I'm early, looking at know. Brennan virus so have, yeah. a, have a feeling some uh, yeah, yep. watermelon and may have exchanged, uh, been exchanged for beer. Um, on that, talk us through before we let you go um, to get back into brewing the good stuff. The other seasonal. So you've got the the lager, which is obviously. Uh, you know that that's your mainstay, yep. I guess that's the yep. one that that brings them in but what what keeps them what
2: um so we we of as we're brewing a pub, we have four taps on here and we have our lager and our pail um and um a ginger kind of comes back in, but we try and have two seasonals on that we just rotate through so at the moment we've got this ginger which will probably go permanent um, and off the top of my head there's a few things we're trying to play with at the moment we've been mucking around with macadamia, which is really hard cause it's got a lot of oils in it so mm. Um, it can Does kill, that the, kill the head? Yeah, and so we want okay. to use it properly and I know there's some guys out there that got some good little techniques so we've been mucking around with that at pilot scale, um, try something with honey, so a lot of that sort of stuff. Um, the next one we've got on there was a lot of Thirsty, we did an IPA um, that was Thirsty, people were chasing that so um, we're putting an XPA on next um, just as a bit of a muck around. Um, hemp, um, That's that's... That's I
0: think in that about would go three down Pretty well in
2: uh, on, on in training, you might deal yeah. So we can do what we can do. You know, uh, you know, we look at a lot of these ingredients. and Go. How can we put them into really light style of beer?
1: You know, like, you know, like. Some, a lot and that's it, what I was kind of leaning yeah. towards. I, I doubt that you've done a, a you know a barrel aged imperial IPA or you know because I just don't think uh, a lifestyle and climate. I'm just looking. You know, this is just going down an absolute tree. Yeah, I can't imagine a beer that, that um, you know, you've got to kind of endure rather yeah. than enjoy.
2: Yeah, we, we are going to do some of that challenging stuff, so um, we're working, um, there's some people north of Yamundi, and geographically there's a town about three hours north that make a lot of rum, so we're working with them what we can do in a balanced and approachable way, Is a bit of a, you know, working with another rather large company, which is good, so that's the other side of this, is well, I see no reason why we can't go to the, op- you know, op- opposition, not in this case that they are, and do collaborations with other businesses, but, mm that's a lot of looking at those ingredients, but it doesn't mean we we can't do the the big stuff, but in Yamundi, um, and we're trying to educate this township, um, so, you know, there are other styles out there, and so, you know, we've um, just got some kegs in from another local brew that does some really good sour beers, and, you know, it's good. Alan and I get out there most days and talk to punters and, you know, talk them through it and try this, try this, it's great. So, yeah, it's a bit of of both, but mainly that that real approachable sort of stuff and those ingredients.
0: One of the things that I... Think wine has what they describe as terroir because you can only make wine where the grapes are grown and so it reflects the soil. Beer the ingredients are a little bit more portable but at the same time you're not likely to drink a lot of barrel-aged beers beside the beach Um, and so there is what I call a cultural terroir. Um, You know wines, uh, beer styles grow up where they're appreciated Um, and uh, it just seems to make sense that lighter style beers using local ingredients is almost that expression of a cultural terroir because their flavours and they, they match a lifestyle. Yep.
2: Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and again, that's important here. But also when I take... I love nothing more, and this is a personal satisfaction. Is take, and our beers sit alongside of a super dry tap and a 150 Lashes tap. And so to take those drinkers and give them something that they... Not only do they appreciate it, they buy another one. And that, that to me, is it's a personal thing, is what... Um, is really, really satisfying, saying, hang on, open these doors up to all these different beers you can try. And that's Lion's view too. And whether it's Air Bears or something else, the more beers we can make and grow the market, the better it is, because it is shrinking, you know, um, yeah, for the most part, not necessarily all segments.
0: So. Oh, no, well, I think people are drinking less. And, and yeah. one of the things that Pete and I, as uh, sort of men in the 50-year age bracket, um, talk about quite a bit on this podcast is, there is a real cultural shift and a generational shift um, that I don't remember in my lifetime. Yeah, you know, we, we have seen phases come through, yep. but we're really seeing a change in values amongst a generation um, who are entering, you know, in, in their early twenties, um, yeah. and different things matter to them. Different, and, and that's going to really crash up against beer yeah. um, and the perceptions of beer and how you know, how, how does the industry deal with those changing perceptions and attitudes
2: it's critical yeah the thing is is more so i think we all have to do it together it can't be left to one segment to you know to um to expand people's tastes and, and paint the, the light of beer and i get really really angry at the stuff that sometimes the company I work for and you know we in certain marketing spin and that sort of stuff and you know it works both ways but it's it's not akin just to the big companies it's yeah. it's to everybody and I think we've all got to be conscious of that don't understale beer and don't imply that you know beer is high carb or you know it's rubbish because quality and you know like you know I hear a lot of the, about quality of beer and, and quality in a lot of other circles is about technical quality so how clean is your beer microbiology is it stable comes into your conversations about pasteurized so often to me that's what quality means you know, how sure am I going to be that this isn't going to go off or make me sick or explode? And foods are... Um, beers of food. So there's that angle too, and I think we've all got that responsibility.
0: And you brought up um, low-carb beer. And again, if there is a consumer market for low-carb beer, beer would be stupid not to enter that market. But I guess promoting a beer as being low-carb yes. um, or gluten-free or um, low-alcohol... They're all functional benefits. But yeah. to suggest that, that that is in some way healthier than the rest Correct. of the market, implies, that's when yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, so I think you can do I think you can market it without implying that the rest yeah. of the the, the the category is not healthy. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if someone's looking for gluten free, then that's positive for them. Yeah. But well, it and
1: again, with your experience, um, and, and your skin in the game, is it did the Yanks have it I guess right when rather than calling it low carb it was l-i-t-e light yeah where we had I light know. l-i-g-h-t low alcohol you know bud light yeah. it was the same as bud but it was drier it was it was a, a lower carbohydrate residual. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting
2: how they do that. Yeah, I mean, it's only a personal view and that sort of stuff. But sometimes some of these things can apply other angles on beer. And it's like when you hear mass produced, you know, it's mass produced. And it's like, well, <laughs> there are a lot of controls in those mass produced brew And the sheer fact is that Sierra Nevada brew in the US is bigger than is And, and, and so there's more technology yeah. in that brew than is at is And it's like, well, yeah know, it is what it is. Yeah. so. But
0: uh, funnily enough, I was reading something this morning and I just sort of jotted down some notes to prompt me for something that I wanted to uh, write more on. And the, the note I made was low-carbon, gluten-free beer should be product differentiators yes. within the beer category, not marks of healthfulness yes. over the rest of the category. Um, yeah. And you know, because people want those things. Yeah. Um,
2: Interesting conversation. It's so
0: so what, what, what else have we uh, got in the tank um, a, at the moment? So the, the, you've managed to sort of move most of the lager production um, out, giving you yes. more... Uh, space here, so we've got the paler, which yeah, is going on. Yeah,
2: which is, which is kind of what it's done, so the lager's out and we've loaded up with our paler, which has been in demand and it's been on restriction, so we've only had so many taps we can hold it back, which gets to be difficult, people can't get your beer, so now we can unleash that beast, um, and if it's popular, then we'll have to find somewhere else for it to be brewed, and the way our network works, we go, what's the next biggest brewery, and have they got space for it, because it's this complexity that comes through. Um, so that's kind of what happens, and then this ginger beer. I don't know Actually, what's just very really quickly yeah. on that, you
0: know, I don't know how revealing you can be, but the, the the next step up from here is Malt Shovel, which is you know fantastic yep. craft brewery. They run pretty much at capacity uh, most times as well. So if suddenly we've got your Monday Lager um, smashing it, moving down there, yep. taking uh, some of their capacity, does that mean we see um, James Squire Porter suddenly? disappear.
2: That is, yeah. That, um, why not? Yeah, it hasn't happened yet, but absolutely, that's that's some of it. You know, how would that work? If you, oh, that was a business, oh, is, you heard it here no. first. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was to kill James I was N- I would love to make Jan Sky Porter again. Yeah, like Alan, Alan. I don't. What do you mean again? Alan, if they that. killed it? Yeah. No, no, no. No, no. Um, no, 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 no. What well, if it came into? <laughs> we'll our get a scoop yet, Prof. Don't worry. Yeah. If it came into this brewery, I'll make it a heartbeat. But absolutely, you know, this is a network of breweries that are owned, you know, more or less by the same company. Although this one's a joint venture. But there's no reason why we could absolutely. So some of the beers, you know, we might help out a brew, hypothetically speaking, in New Zealand. If it's in their family, it says we want... 25 to 50 kegs, and why wouldn't we make it for somebody? Oh, yeah. You know, like I
1: would drive to your Monday to have fresh Emerson's Pilsner.
2: Yeah, well, that, well, that's the reality of it, you know. And so, that, and we would be I, not a lot of it happens at this stage, but we'd be stupid to not do it. It's just yeah. it's silly, you know. And that's how, and in my little squad of breweries, I've got Alice Gillespie down at Byron, um, who is a gun brewer, and there's no reason why we wouldn't make beers for him if he didn't have space. We use mobile canners here, just like a lot of other guys in the industry. We don't have our own packing line, so craft punts come up and um, sling, sling cans for us, which is good. Um, we've got Bevy over in WA a little bit, you know that's a little bit off the radar at the moment. And then obviously we're um, we're planning to build a brewery in Townsville, so um, that's also on the family. And
0: up. that's part of your brief as well. It, isn't it is it?
2: part of our brief. So um and those little four and who knows what might come into that family and might not. And I mean Alan brews with me. He looks after the charming squire down in Brizzy, um, so he brews down there a couple of days per week. So you know. It's a, this network of, you know, why, why wouldn't we get them to do 600 litre brews if we wanted to do something? So we've got these tools that are, you know, and I want to make the best beer that I can in the right scale and size and want to be able to sell it to people that want it. So why wouldn't I use all of those tools in my little kit?
0: So talk to me about Byron Bay has a lager and a pale ale. Yep. Your Monday has a lager and pale ale. Are we going to see, a your Monday and a pale ale out of Townsville or how do you create beers that are, approachable you know that um i won't say entry level because there's nothing entry level about them but are approachable but it's still when you've got three breweries um, down the eastern seaboard it's still different from each other
2: absolutely yeah it's, it's a fun part and um and byron's probably a little bit further down the track than us i mean alistair's getting real funky now so um he's got where i'd like to be in 12 months he's probably got four or five different seasons in tank at the moment and having a lot of fun which is good um, a lot of it is about what the brands, you know, like with Monday, this is what we decided to do is, you know, these clean, refreshing beers that you can drink in this beer garden, and that's our design brief. Townsville's not necessarily going to be that, and so it's fun that we're working through that now, what sort of beers we put up there, and it's not necessarily going to be approachable or gateway. We we, you know, we might put sows up
1: there and do that sort of stuff, so we
0: work it out as we go. Sows in Townsville, I, I, I want to be there the day you've yeah. the first one of those um so you know uh, no pineapple
1: sour they might you know, support your local industry
0: no offense to the townsville beer drinker farmer. um yeah so
1: you know and, and
2: with that and this well, there is a method to the madness and we sit down with the locals so we got some people that we're talking up there from a cross section of people and um right through from um great northern the forex gold drinkers to some guys in the homebrewing community and we're saying them you know here's the context you know what do you what, what would you like to see us do and we did that with here with your Monday so we came up and it was actually, ironically, Alan and I that designed the recipes down at The Shovel in Sydney um, when we weren't, didn't, weren't working up here and we did Pilot brews and we put it up here and on a Tuesday afternoon for an hour it was free beer coming to, you know, and we absolutely, this place was filled to the gunnels and we did it uh, four times I think and got some really good feedback um, and then we went away and that's how we ended up with these beers and so we do listen to what the community wants as much else and I don't know, a lot of brewers are fortunate out there. They get to go and brew what they like. They're sort of, you know, real artists. It's tough here is my presentation of what I like, but, you know, the, the, the MO is a bit different for us. What do these guys want to see in you, Monday? We want to engage this town and the region, so it's sort of like, okay, let's go away and paint that picture. And then that's what we do. Some brewers say to me, oh, yeah, that must be horrible. I just want to brew what I brew. It's like, yeah, well, you know, I'm just kind of a little bit more interpretive, and that's that's how I want to play, so
1: this suits me. Well, Chris, look, we've um, taken more than enough of your time. Uh, we need you to get back in there and uh, back in the shed and start brewing the good stuff but thank you very much again Chris Sheehan from uh, Yamundi Brewery for joining us on uh, Beer is a Conversation. Thank you very much as per usual.
0: And that was Chris Sheehan. Once again we thank Josh Donohoe from Sunshine Coast Craft Brewery Tours for putting together our tour. If you're on the Sunshine Coast we can't think of a better way to visit the region's breweries or a more engaged or engaging host. You can find a link to the tours in our show notes. We also thank our sponsors, Crymalt and also Rallings Labels. Brewers, if you are looking for an easier, more effective way to do smaller runs of labels, get in touch with Rallings. If you order printed cans, then you must order a minimum quantity of 60,000 plus. Sleeve cans look and feel just like printed cans, but with a smaller minimum order quantity. Labels on cans sometimes really miss the mark if you do not get your design right and can look cheap and unappealing, which means the punter can choose another beer over yours. Rowling's labels, stickers and packaging supply fully sleeved and palletised cans ready to be filled. They will also print and hold the sleeves and supply in batches as needed for each brew to make cash flow and storage easy. Pay for the printing up front and then pay per can and application as needed. We thank Rallings for helping us with the resources we need to keep this podcast going.
1: If you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows.